Hi, and welcome to the Joey Morales Show. Today we're going to be talking and ranking the Quentin Tarantino films, the uh, major eight, I would call them. Uh, Kill Bill 1, Kill Bill 2, Django, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Um, help me out, Siva. Which ones am I forgetting? Inglorious yeah. Bastards. Yep, Hateful uh, Eight, Hateful Reservoir Eight, Dogs. Reservoir Dogs. Pulp Fiction. That's what I meant. Yeah. So, um... This is going to be interesting. Gonna do, are we not going to do Jackie Brown? No, no. No, I mean, I haven't seen it. I, I feel like that's pretty reasonable. We got enough movies to talk about anyways. So um, this is coming off me and Eric doing, ranking the Will Ferrell movies. Had a lot of fun doing that. Uh, so we'll start with Kill Bill 1. Uh, my initial thoughts for this movie was I was a little young when it came out. So like, I imagine it coming out at the time must have been a very different film for a lot of people. Um, I really liked it. The soundtrack, I think, is phenomenal. Like, it's, it's like, amazing. It's you, like, pumped for all the action scenes. Like, yeah. um, it, it, I think it has, like, a world-class soundtrack. Um, the, the, the parts I wasn't, like, that, you know, stoked about or the animated scene, I thought that was kind of weird for, like, a a film that seemed like it didn't have, um, you know, need that much budget. It seemed like they could have easily done that just regular film, especially because like they didn't care about gore. Like, it was kind of gory, the animated scene. So I thought that was kind of weird. Um, but otherwise like, the opening scene is pretty intense. I know stairs that was like one of your uh, favorite scenes is just that opening scene of her rolling up in the pussy wagon. The pussy wagon. Baby. Yeah. <laughs> I love that cutscene too. When she sees her at the door, the little flashback cutscene that they oh, have. That, yeah. that happens every time she and sees one of her kill list people. Yeah. One I want to love the animated part. If they just made it, as you were saying, they shot it, but just made the whole thing black and white. Just like a whole black and white flashback. Yeah, yeah. Of, like animated. Like, yeah, and I mean, I'll be honest. I didn't really animated. even care the fact that it was black and white. I mean, maybe they just didn't want to show that that much gore, but like, come on, Quentin, you you had cared about gore that much anyways. <laughs> well, like the rest of it had gore. Yeah, but <laughs> I, so I didn't care that much for the black and white scene either, but I guess I, I get it. So can I offer my take on the uh, Lucy Lou flashback animated scene? Sure. I thought that the whole movie was kind of like a live action anime almost, if, if you understand what I mean, kind of in the way that the characters are able to jump like Halo people and like obviously whenever you stab someone blood doesn't like shoot out like that but after i don't know how much anime you guys watch but like after watching anime with my roommate it's that's really what it is and i thought that it was kind of a um almost like tossing a bone to the fact that it was essentially an, an anime film um and yeah. I thought it was dope. Like, I was thinking to myself whenever I was watching it, like, I can't wait to say how much I loved that scene <laughs> on, on the podcast. I just thought it was dope. And just a quick aside, as I said, Joy, Lucy Lou. Any oh, day of the week. Oh, twice, twice on Sunday. Gracious. <laughs> goodness gracious. Pepper, Pepper needs new shorts. Yeah, dude. Her head. Pepper her head. Needs new shorts, Scott. <laughs> Uh, um, the the one scene I thought that was badass was like when they're having like the yakuza meeting, 
and Lucy, that guy just starts talking shit. She just do, 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 mm, <laughs> slices that fucker's head off. That was amazing. Um, I really like that scene. Uh, where do you have it ranked, Siva? Ranked as in like, like out of the eight? Yeah. I would put it maybe like six. So a little on the lower tier? Yeah, a little on the lower. I'm not I'm not one for those just only samurai sword fighting kind of, you know, Asian action things. I'm more for like I like his uh movies where he has more like dialogue scenes and stuff. Um I don't know. I liked it. I liked it. I just watched it the other yeah. day actually. It kind of does go like back and forth from like kind of goofy to kind of like serious to kind of like action. Like the uh, when she's getting her samurai sword in the sushi shop, which made oh, yeah. you stairs go get sushi immediately. It had so. to, I had to watch it in two different settings. Like the first one was before sushi and the second one was after sushi. <laughs> split split up at the scene about sushi. Uh, yeah, did it help though? Oh, it was amazing. I was in the mood, man. I, was, I, I tried to order a friggin' samurai sword. They don't serve <laughs> Kome, apparently. Hattori Hanzo Steel? Yeah, 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 yeah. Steel. Guys, I'm glad you remembered the name. <laughs> oh, man. That was good. It's good, but, you know. Sarah, where, did you, where did you have it ranked? I've got it at three. Three. But, like, the second I turned it on, I loved it. I knew immediately that it was going to be one of my favorites. Um, it's very, like, interesting. Just, you know, you really can't, like, turn your – it's not one of those movies, in my opinion, where you just, like, have it on in the background. Like, you watch it. Like, it's, like, you know, it's a story that, like, you got to pay attention to because there's a lot of different names. Um, I, the one thing I thought was weird is that they don't include the protagonist, the girl's, you know, Uma Thurman's character's name. Until the very they, end. Yeah, I thought that was yeah. weird that they – Probably, like, halfway through the yeah. Just address her as bride. The bride. Like it was yeah. Kind of but so Joey, it, like, kind of to comment about your point about um, not having it on in the background. Do you think that any Tarantino movies are the kind of movies that you would have on in the background? Maybe They're Hateful all... Eight. Yeah, that one's like, super. Slow. I mean, again, like, I, I mean, for me, when I'm playing stuff in the background, I usually like just comedy something that's like yeah, funny. Yeah, I can same. like you know like occasionally tune in like hear something in the like a quote that I recognize that's like funny mostly yeah. like shows I like baseball because you can look up whenever you hear the crack of the bat if you were to watch Tarantino movies in the background you could just listen for like the gunshots yeah. or the or the n-word <laughs> yeah. true um all right let's move on to kill bill 2 uh <laughs> That scene where she's getting buried, I think, is probably my favorite scene out of the two movies for sure. She's got to like break her way out. That's pretty intense. Like, I was just like trying to put myself into that situation. That's like got to be so scary. Oh yeah, Uma Thurman kills it, man. She does a really good job with these two movies. I think. I I I, I think it was better, you know, just because you get to actually, you know, what the whole point of it is, Kill Bill, right? So. So where do you have you had Kill Bill one at six? Where do you have this one? Right above it, five. Okay. Yeah, they they're kind of they kind of they're they kind of go together. It's the same story, right? Very unique story too. You know, not one. I think the the stories are vastly different. I'm sorry, Siva. Go ahead. I interrupted you. No, no, go ahead. I'm a bouncer at a titty bar, Bill. (laughs) 
my favorite. Yeah, part see, I I thought that the the storylines were very different because primarily like just because of the people that she's chasing, and you spend so much of the plot like learning about the people rather than or, or or like even learning about her background that has nothing to do with the first yeah. movie like um the whole thing with pi may yep yeah she, like her just know, like training could, and everything yeah right there's not much mention of that in the first one and then like i just thought the lucy lou storyline was by far the most intriguing of all of the people that she's chasing if you will um and so that, that's why i liked the first one a considerable amount better yeah I think her finding the crazy 88s was pretty, pretty intense. I liked it a lot. All right, Stairs, what did you have it ranked? Man, this one's tough because I'm, I'm like looking at them trying to rank them. And to me, I have like several that are, that are standouts. And then most of the other ones, I think I enjoyed like roughly the same. But frankly, I'd probably put this one at the bottom of my list. Eight? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, and I still liked it. You know, this obviously we're not talking about Tarantino because we don't we don't like his stuff. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's it's Quentin Tarantino. Um, all right, moving on to the next one, Inglorious Bastards. Uh, probably one of the more quotable movies that he's ever made. Um, another, I would say, one of his signature movies in terms of like the false. Uh, history so to speak you know where he just takes you know history and kind of twists it a little bit and portrays like a different sort of uh free-flowing through the events um but yeah i, I you know has brad pitch who did a phenomenal job oh yeah. uh freaking makes me laugh my ass off every two every time <laughs> they're doing the italian scene it's so funny arriba dirty <laughs> gorlami gorlami <laughs> gorlami <laughs> so funny um yeah. i think this is one of the best ones like this one i've seen like yeah 20 times i was watching it i watch it like i'll just watch it to just watch a scene out of it like that opening scene is like i think one of the best in like film I'm yeah like, it's very watching. suspenseful yeah, like with the, with the people in the basement yeah yeah okay. that's one of the best ever i think what i try to do with movies like this is try to remember the first time i watched it and like the first time I watched it when he, the second he kind of like, you know, cause he was kind of like, you know, laughing, joking, you know, speaking, like just enjoying his milk, like, you know, doing his little like remarks and like talking um, just a little differently. And then he kind of just like stops, squares up with them. And is just like, yeah, right. You're hiding enemies of the state. Are you not? And then it's like, Oh, that's when I just. <laughs> you are hiding enemies of the state. <laughs> Siva oh, so worldly, wow. There, I don't know. I, I just thought that was like that was like such a way to like start off the movie, um, but I really liked it. So, as a as a quick aside to kind of just talk about his whole filmography and not just Inglorious Bastards, um, I'm looking at the cast right here, and you know, Christoph Waltz is is the one that we're just talking about right in that scene. So, what do you guys think about the way that he? constantly works with the same people he has like mm. you know yeah yeah samuel l jackson, samuel jackson. Um, brad pitt uh, obviously uma thurman that we just talked about is in you know more than one even so, um the guy like joe gage and hateful eight 
He also plays. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. What's his name is Madsen. Michael Madsen. Madsen. Yeah. He's in uh, Kill Bill too as well. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, Buddy. Mm-hmm. I'm a bouncer at a titty bar, Bill. Uh, that was a really good scene too, where he's at the at the titty bar and the stripper. He's like crossing out his hours. You working Thursday? No, no, no. You're oh no, no, you're not. You working Friday? Oh no, 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 you're not. <laughs> his name is Michael Madsen. There I wonder how many people like that's like that like relate hardcore to that scene. Their douchebag boss just like bringing them in and just like scratching out their hours like right in front of them. It's so funny. <laughs> hey, just don't be just don't be late. That's true. Anyways, um, so we can get back to it. Just, I was just curious if y'all thought that that kind of like adds something to it. How I do. With I mean, it, again and again. Personally, I don't know the theory too well of like that. A lot of them are connected. Like all the movies are connected in some sort of fashion. I don't like. I don't know the theory well enough to trace all that stuff out. But it is cool to see like the same characters in his movies, mostly because um, I think they get what he's trying to accomplish a lot better than the average actor probably could. Yeah. Um, so I, I like it. I definitely, definitely enjoy it. But anyways, going back to Inglorious Bastards, not to uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. De- derail ourselves. So Sivo, you mentioned earlier about how you like the kind of wordy, uh, like more kind of conversation Drama. based. Yeah. So is that, is this one of those or do you think that this has enough action to where you don't feel like it's one of those? I think it's very kind of wordy, kind of facial expressions, but, you know, more screenplay as like dialogue, the way they deliver it, like the first half and then the second half is just kind of back to, you know, you got to end it with the big finale, blood and guts, people getting blown up scene. <laughs> yeah. uh, but it's, it, I, I feel like, you know, it's, it's very nonlinear, right? And so he has all these different scenes and it's, very well put together in an order that leads up to that kind of finale ending and this is one of my top three of all time and i i, I can't get enough i i always watch this yeah movie it's well. nice that it's on netflix so you can always just yes. go and, right. and you can like, it's mm. a great movie to download whenever you're watching like or whenever you're going on an airplane like a flight it's yep, yep. always yeah. one of my go-tos right yep. The soundtrack for this one is like dope. You know what I always love about Tarantino films is very often he like incorporates like Western, like old kind of like Western music uh, into his films. Like it's, it's it, yeah, it's in Kill Bills. It's it's in this movie. Um, yeah, there's just so many good like quotable. The other scene I really like is the the basement, the card, the card game scene because it it oh, really yeah. it, it really does seem like the guy knew right off the bat that they were faking it and just the fact that he yeah. played, basically made him play that whole game just for the fuck of it is like so funny to me <laughs> um that scene was nice it's that actually one, one and then the bear jew really you don't like it interesting i figured yeah, you would I, like I, the card i games. liked kill bill my favorite scene was dry, dry whiskey up. that's all it takes dry yeah whiskey. yeah <laughs> Come on, man. Watch Dirk this, Nowitzki. Yeah, yeah Dirk, my baseball player fucking... ass is doing it like this. <laughs> right. They're like, oh, <laughs> Japanese guy. <laughs> and the, yeah, um, the, the bear Jew, you know, very iconic character. No one forgets Yeah, that's about that. Eli Roth. Is his yeah, name. yeah, he's he's a uh, – he worked with him a lot too. There's just so many good scenes. Like now that, you know, just rethinking about it in my head now, um, when he brings them in, you know, after they cap- capture him – at the movie theater and he brings him in he's a, he sits him down 
pours him like a glass of something and is just like talking to him. Like that's a really good scene in my milk. opinion. We have to make a deal. It's the milk and then the when uh, they go to that cafe, they, they get the girl from the theater she owns and they take him to the cafe with Frederick Zoller. Oh yeah. And he comes and he sits mm. down and everyone's oh, yeah. and she's like, wait. And he knows the whole time, you know. He's like, oh like that, you know, don't forget the creme. <laughs> That's a really good scene, I think. Yeah, it's just a bunch scene. of like just people fucking with each other, you know. Just that's the whole movie, essentially. I also like that it. Uh, this was probably one of the first, at least off the top of my head, movies that mostly doesn't use English, yeah. and just rolls with the subtitles like they don't even care. Like you know, what's funny is like I watched that movie and like just watched the subtitles and like loved it didn't even ever once think like oh that was annoying enough to read the whole time like didn't care. are you the kind of person that watches movies with subtitles anyways um it depends if there's like a lot of like other noise going on like if are i can't you the kind I... of person that watches tarantino movies with subtitles no so you would you'd rather not have the subtitles on correct that's crazy that's crazy. Yeah, I'm paying attention. Paying attention. I, I don't feel like subtitles take away from your ability to pay attention to what's going on. Once you're more than like three minutes in, you never even notice the subtitles and you only look down. So, so let me ask you this. Do you, do you watch them with subtitles the first time you watch a movie? Yes. I watch them because I, I was watching Futurama with subtitles last night. See, because I kind of hate that because sometimes it like uh, spoils it a little bit. Agreed. 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 Um, where did you guys have this one ranked? Siva. I put this at number two. Number two. Okay. Let me, let me see what I got. Two. Stairs also is at number two. Yeah. All right. Moving on. Scene, really if I had to put a bet on what we're going to have as number one, I bet it's the same one. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say it. I'm not going to say it. Um, <laughs> If I had to bet on which one you guys will place last, I bet it'll be the same one, and that's the next one we're going to talk about. Oh, hateful I'm Eight. Um, that ain't hateful. Eight. <laughs> I think I think everyone's thought on this movie is just how absurdly drawn out it is. I mean, like you know what's funny? I rewatched it last night and timestamped like a couple different things, which I just thought were interesting of how long it took to get there. It takes 40 minutes just for them to get to the haberdashery. Like, that's ridiculous. Like, that's where the, you know, it's all happening. And for them to take 40 minutes just to get there is way too long. And it so takes what, them. Oh, he runs what, into like, that what guy. Purpose, what purpose do you think that the first 40 minutes served? Like, if you're, if you're the creator of the movie, why do you have that in there? So he, what is it, Marquis Warren? That's Samuel Jackson, right? <laughs> What's the other guy? The the guy he runs into? The sheriff uh, or whatever? Chris Sam, Mannix? Or, or Chris, yeah, Chris Minix. I think the whole point of that first 40 minutes is, you know, they're stuck in this blizzard in the middle of nowhere trying to get to Red Rock or whatever. I think that just builds on, like, okay, these guys are – they don't trust each other. They're going to trust each other for now to get there. But I just, I think, like, shows the whole movie, like, it's – you know, these guys are going to hang out for a bit together, but they still don't fucking trust each other. <laughs> yeah. They might blow each other up at any minute, you know. Like, I okay. think that's kind of builds that suspense. 
So I, I literally just came to this conclusion in the last approx- approximately um, four seconds. Breaking um, news. I, I think that it has to do with the way that um, they introduce the uncertainty of how the whole situation in, uh, evolves because the people that went to the spoiler alert haberdashery beforehand, right, and they were waiting on them, didn't, they didn't realize that they were going to have um, uh, Marcus and Chris with them. And the fact that both of them were there kind of screwed up their whole scheme. And thus, the whole situation unfolded. Did it need to last 40 minutes? Probably not. But thinking about it now, I, I would imagine that that's why they did it. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, I just, I just thought it took too long. Like it took an hour and a half for like even like that first gunshot to get fired. Like an hour and a half. That's a long time, especially for a Tarantino film. What was that? Was that whenever the old general got shot? I don't know. It just seemed like everything was really drawn out. The other thing, it's like, it's kind of weird, like, because this show was, let's see, it's like, it was released, and then it was released with, like, an extended version. I imagine just because, yeah, I imagine it just because it didn't get enough money the first go around, maybe, or or what? And then, like, the the extended version is kind of released in, like, a show form, where it's, like, episode by episode. Yeah, like, like, like part by part, so almost each. Yeah, so I don't know. I imagine it's just the money, but if it's not, I, I don't know why he chose to like stake his flag with like this movie is why he wanted to give like more than the usual content than they had originally given. Well, so when he so, released it in theaters, he released two versions. Like he released the one, normal one, and then there's like a seventy millimeter, so like super widescreen, like. It was like a whole kind of ordeal, you know, yeah. giving out pamphlets. Like, what's that's my point. Hey, I guess that's movie. That's my uh, point. Is like, yeah. yeah, that's so my point. Is like, it, why did he do that? Interestingly like enough, Siva, it was actually released. <laughs> the wide go. version. The wide version was five days later. Why would they do that? Um, that's so so that, Yeah, I don't know. And the uh, the, Just for the original one, the one that was released on Christmas in 2015 grossed like 33 percent more than the widescreen version probably just because it was the first one to come out um but i mean it doesn't look like it had troubles with money i mean it made worldwide gross of 156 million and a budget of 44 million yeah no the widescreen one i think mainly was for like people who are like super fans who want like a collectible when they go to watch it have the like whole intermission experience so I don't think they released that in all the places. You know what I mean? Only like a few main locations. Like, do, y'all, you know. do y'all want the most uh, embarrassing stat about the Hateful Eight? It was uh, it finished third in the opening weekend at the box office behind The Force Awakens and Daddy's Home. Oh, oh no. dude, Daddy's Home. <laughs> oh. I mean, Force Awakens, whatever, but like, (laughs) stop it. It really I've never heard of Daddy's Ho. I'd like to imagine just like a fucking just hour long or two hour long video (laughs) of Derek just sitting there just like, 
Just like, just oh no no no! It's like that guy. You know that guy that like comes into the classroom every day with like a different shirt. And he says like, it just it's just Derek coming up to the pluckers with like a big mug and putting the in same that, spot. Daddy's home. Daddy's home. Daddy's home. Wait, so no, you don't know that one? That's Mark Wahlberg. And- I know. I've seen that one, the Will Ferrell one. Yeah, that one really. You know that one's. It's a. Fa- I don't. I don't know if it's a family movie or not. Really, but that's so sad. Obviously, that's gonna. You know, like that's just. That must have like a f- fraction of the budget, but anyways, we're, I'm assuming you guys both had this uh, DFL. No, no, I, do, I don't. I don't. I really didn't hate it after like the first hour. I I thought it was pretty <laughs> good. I like I like whenever I, like I think as soon as. Um, Channing Tatum comes into it it like changes the whole thing and obviously that's like 75% of the way through but I was satisfied such with uh with the ending that I was willing to put it at number seven <laughs> number seven so where do you got it I uh, eight he full eight. eight at eight <laughs> <laughs> all right moving on to the next one uh Reservoir Dogs um one of his earlier movies, I believe. First and one. De- definitely, yeah, definitely low budget. Uh, I think with this movie, a lot of people, I've definitely heard all say that they wish they saw the robbery, myself included. Um, you know, they, they talk about it so much, like that the, uh, the guy like just absolutely went berserk and shot everyone. And I think it would have given everyone a little bit more context because I'm not going to lie. When you watch the first thing, like there's so many, like they keep saying, Mr. Orange, Mr. Pink, Mr. You know, whatever, Mr. Blue, like you, at least to me, I lost track. (laughs) Like some of them, not all of them are like, yeah. (laughs) But like, you know, some of them, like you lose track of like which character is which. Uh, So I kind of wish I just saw the burglary scene um, just so that way I can, you know, match faces with the, the characters one more time. Um, the opening cafe scene I thought was kind of weird. It was kind of good, but like <laughs> weird, weird in the sense like why did why did he talk about like the big dick or whatever with the girl in the virgin? That was so weird. Like, <laughs> I, I, I still, he, he's sitting at the table himself, right? He's like yeah, yeah, Quint, yeah, he puts, put, yep, yeah, he puts himself in his own movie. He gets killed um, right away. One of the first guys. Usually, usually he does. I was actually surprised on Kill Bill and Hateful Eight which were the three most recent that I watched, I guess, beside Pulp Fiction. Um, but he didn't put himself in any of those, which he usually has, like, a quick cameo. Well, and, and Hateful Eight, he's commentating. Like, he's doing the Oh, he's I doing the narrating. realize yeah. that. Interesting. Yeah, he's, okay. he's doing the narrating. And Kill Bill, I don't think he's anywhere involved. In no, that. because I believe that yeah. Bill is the narrator of, of Kill Bill, right? Yeah. In Glorious Bastards, he's one of the not. Yeah, he gets scalping. Yeah, yeah, he gets fucked up. That's about it. He doesn't say anything. He's just dead. <laughs> so hey, obviously comment about uh, the very the, the diner scene. Fuck Steve Buscemi, whatever. He oh, is. for not to. I was gonna, oh, yeah. Yes, that was one <laughs> no, of the things I wrote even, down. That, that was one of. Yeah, yeah. No, we're bringing it up. We're bringing it right back up. We're bringing it right back up. This this goes back to a previous uh, pod episode where we had previously talked about if you had bought one glass of whiskey that was a very nice bottle and a one thousand dollar bottle or one thousand dollar glass of whiskey, excuse me, how much would you tip Siva? 
Don't be scared. Wait, wait, wait. So just co- cover up his face down there. You're, so you can't you're see a you're a NBA player. Okay. You just, you, you're rich. No, no, no. You're not an NBA player. You're just okay, you're, you're just someone. You're just someone who bought a thousand dollar glass of whiskey. Okay. And that's it. That's the only that's the only drink you bought. How much would you tip? I'm just some. Yep. You this know, guy. This guy just pulls, up, money. Pulls, just pulls a bottle down. He, you ask thousand dollar glass of whiskey. He pulls a bottle down, Reaches. opens it, pours it into a glass, and maybe we'll say a ball of ice on the rocks. Ball is just a normal person, like so. Amanda buys hundred bucks. So ten percent. Ten percent. Yeah, I'm giving you a hundred bucks to pull a bottle of whiskey. <laughs> Give down, me two hundred. Don't fucking buy a thousand dollar glass of anything unless you can tip twenty extra percent on top of it. Oh, that's that's Jesus. That's ridiculous. Jesus, (laughs) hundred dollar tip for one glass of whiskey. (laughs) I mean, it is like the action itself is like it's hard to justify. I'm an NBA player. I'm buying the bottle and I'm giving you like a a whatever principle matter. Don't go fucking. Go buy bologna sandwich or go get seven bologna spicy sandwich. chicken sandwiches from Chick-fil-A like Siva. <laughs> and, and you don't have to tip there. Look how close to his camera he is now. He's all triggered. $100 for a glass of whiskey. He's like, oh, no. Piss off, dude. You cheated me out of $100. That scene is pretty cheating. funny. They just make him like- Okay, what's the difference on your effort of you getting the bullet bourbon Versus you getting the how much more extra work are you doing to deserve fucking hundred and eighty dollars more or whatever? I wouldn't even tip twenty bucks for bullet bourbon, bro. I oh, shit. Anyways, let's get back. Let's get Wait, back to the one one last thing about this. Um, would would do bars just pool tips? Some it's all case by case basis. Because like in a bar like that, that would have that nice of whiskey. Sure. I feel like you probably should. Sure, because if, that, it, if that, it's got a glass of whiskey that's a thousand dollars, then it might be it might be pool tips. You should probably pool tips at that point, because like if you happen to be that waiter that gets that, like, I would feel bad. Like getting the lottery. Yeah, <laughs> and you did the same amount of work that everyone else did. That's that's my point. Okay, well, I just wanted to bring that up to mostly trigger stairs. He was looking all oh, sleepy yeah. back there. <laughs> that's uh, like one of my main thoughts about that entire movie. Um, that my f- my favorite scene is when he is about to uh, go to work on the Cobb man when they when he plays that music uh, and is like just kind of dancing to it. Like it it is like one of Tarantino's I think like best scenes. I love that, uh, that he's ever done. Yeah, yeah, that he's ever done. Gotta say. Um, and also, like, it's very, like, s- smart, you know, where uh, they're talking to, like, who realistically could be the rat, you know, and thinking, like, well, it's not the guy who just murdered ever, all the civilians, not him. You know, <laughs> who could it possibly be? And then they're, they're kind of, like, thinking it through their head. Like, I, I, I don't know. I really liked it. Um, but, yeah, it, very low budget. Uh, I really do wish I saw the robbery scene. Where do you have this one ranked, Simba? This one, um, I'll put it seven. It's good. It's good. Uh, but, you know, I'd put that. I wouldn't go watch it over and over and over again. Stairs? I got it at five. So I think that this particular list is, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, difficult to rank because all of them are good movies. And there is a 
whole host of crappy movies that I would put below this one. You know what I mean? This yeah, probably still course, in like my top twenty percentile of movies. Oh, yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, I, again, I we're like we're ranking the Tarantino films. Yeah. There's eight films. Some got to be eight. It's just what it is. Yeah. Um, I'll stick. With all right, we'll move we'll move on to the next one. Uh, probably, I guess, y'all's number one, Pulp Fiction. Yep. Take it away, Mister Stairs. Oh, I, it's just beautiful. If you want to, if you want to talk about like uh iconness iconity i don't even know what the what the noun <laughs> version of of that is but it's got you know you want to talk about, you want to talk about um like it's quotable it's got memorable scenes it's it's, uh, it, it's just like a it impacts culture more than the others and <clears throat> excuse me it's probably somewhat related to the fact that it's one of the older ones if not the oldest one because i know that it was 94 i don't know when reservoir dogs was but it's it's more pervasive in society like right now than any of the other ones um and i think that it's the funniest one more importantly than anything it it still maintains those like heavy drama elements but at the same time it's funny like for example um, the scene where he has got uh, Mia Wallace OD'd and he's calling the guy that he bought the heroin from. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, like that whole scene. It's like high drama, but it's also hilarious. Um, and and to me, it just feels like that throughout the entire entire thing. And I really got to give that to uh, Samuel L. Jackson and John Travolta. They're yeah. just just brilliant they make every scene so much better um go ahead yeah no that scene in particular i was just gonna say like really good acting like it really does feel like that like just happened and we just happened to be watching like someone the od one yeah just someone pull up to their drug dealer's house oh, yeah. and just like throw someone on the floor like it, it didn't seem like there wasn't any porn any parts of that scene where i'm like i'm watching a movie it really did feel like i just was like watching like i was there um absolutely hilarious. probably his most quotable film though for sure for it's sure. uh it's hilarious in the sense that you know you can tell that she does this very regularly and it's hilarious in the fact that that happens to happen the night when he has to fucking take her out to eat like he's just like trying to get get it over with you know he doesn't really want to do it and he goes he's like oh she's kind of you know good looking and then all of a sudden, just she just OD. Be, she's like, "Fuck!" Be, be more careful about giving your jacket to a woman with a huge bag of heroin. And, you know, it's, it's his own damn fault. I don't think he knew that she she had that much. Of a no, problem. who? I don't care if you if I know you're doing drugs or not. I'm not giving you my jacket if it's got a huge bag of drugs in it. <laughs> Oh, it's his. It's his hair. It's his jacket. That. Yeah, it's yeah. Got the drug. Yeah. That he yeah. Bought. Yeah, so <laughs> that's that's even more funny. <laughs> um, another one of his examples where it's like a non-linear story, uh, which is, I'd say, like fairly different. Like, not many films really go that route where they just kind of skip around all over the place and tell the story, which is pretty cool. Um, do you guys think this was Samuel Jackson's best film? 
Yeah, definitely. One of, one of the best, for sure. I mean, he's in so many movies. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think that he was brilliant in Hateful Eight. I thought his character yeah. was dynamic and hilarious. Um, but... Uh, yeah, if you if you put a gun to my head and said, "Hey, what movie is your? F- yeah. Do you think Samuel L. Jackson is the best in Pulp Fiction? Is obviously number one, and same for John Travolta. But yeah. the, John Travolta probably had a lot of hits that were like a little bit before we were in the know. Um, but they like Grease, Grease, Grease. Yeah. Uh, dude, have you guys seen Michael? Mm-hmm. He's like a, a like an archangel. Super mm. good. Totally. Random. Anyways, so I assume you guys both had this as number one. Yeah, yeah, number one. One, one more scene that we can't not mention is um, the scene where they're in the basement with the people at the pawn shop. Oh, yeah, um, it is so fun. And Marcellus Wallace, his speech about what he's gonna do to Zeb, it like gives me chills. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna see if I can like. Step aside, Butch. Step aside, Butch. That's an interesting character, too, Butch. <laughs> what now? Yeah, here we go. Uh, there is no me and you. <laughs> no, that is a really good scene. I'm also, like, no, very, let me very tell you weird, too. Here we go, here we go. I'm going to call a couple of hard piping ass brothers who go to work <laughs> on the homes here with a pair of pliers and a blowtorch. You hear me talking hillbilly boy? I ain't through with you by a damn sight. I'm gonna get medieval on your ass. <laughs> That's when you know you really messed up is when someone says they're gonna get medieval on your ass. <laughs> I don't know what you're gonna do with pliers and a blowtorch, but I do not. It's not good. To yeah, me, me either. Um, all right, let's go ahead and move on. Uh, Django Unchained. Uh, I would say when it came out, one of the things people forget, I think, uh, just kind of looking back at this movie, is it was a little controversial. Um, I know Leo like had like a pretty big problem saying the N word during all this, but I think once you like uh, watch the plot and like understand, it's like you know through a lens of like how bad you know that time in America was, but a good positive story that they're portraying through it is it makes it a little bit better. Um, one of Jamie Foxx's absolute best movies ever. Uh, I don't think there's one scene in there where he really just doesn't absolutely crush it. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I love it, man. Like it's, you know, Jamie Foxx is badass. Christoph Waltz is, you know, he's bad. Yep, yep, yep. He's, you know, absolutely great again. One of my favorite season there is the uh, KKK one with Jonah Hill. Oh, yeah. The, the masks that I can't see. I can't fucking see <laughs> on this fucking thing. Oh, fuck it. Why fucking? <laughs> Anybody bring an extra bag? <laughs> I think well, that's one of the funniest things in there. But it's also, like, super serious and kind of – I think it, you know, does well in portraying how bad that time was with the whole – But story. next time we do the bags – and we do them right, and then we go full brigade. <laughs> so stupid. It's hilarious. So funny. <laughs> oh, Samuel L. Jackson's character is 
super funny too. Steven. Yeah. Steven, my boy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that that is a good that is, that was one of Samuel's good good characters too. Um, yeah, but Christopher Waltz, man, that guy that guy just so good, so so good, so good for like Tarantino's kind of like films too. Yeah. Does he have any successful movies other than the Tarantino ones? Uh, they're pretty much fly. He was in, uh, what's that movie? Uh, Horrible Bosses 2. Oh, geez. <laughs> he's Chris Pine's dad. Not, he was in. Uh, call that one a hit. He was? Yeah, he's Whoa. Chris Pine's dad. Oh, he's also the bad guy in James Bond. Oh, okay. That's, that's a successful movie. He's in the new one, too. Um and he was in the Green Hornet, which was a horrible flop. Oh God, that was with yeah, yeah, dude. Okay, that, we're gonna do that. We're gonna rank the Seth Rogen movies and just watch Sears blow up. <laughs> the Is it possible to, to to like if everything ties? is it all for first or last because i want them to all tie for last oh come on man. pineapple express Ooh. this is the end horrible good movie. see that's the movie we need to watch right now very uh before it's time stairs we're Which in time one? of uncertainty right now this is the end oh jeez Danny <laughs> i'd rather just actually be the just, end than have to okay. watch that again stop it the scene is this is the end where, the scene in this is the end where it just starts with um uh, uh, the 90s rap and he's just blowing O's out of the bathtub like and then just like oh Danny Danny McBride Danny, Danny McBride he's just blowing O's out of the bathtub and then like, makes, <laughs> just eats all the food I mean that's that that seems hilarious I think I think that you just like figure out a way to make sure that Seth Rogen gets mentioned whenever you're on with me just so I get mad I mean it's in the rundown man it's like you just gotta you gotta keep you interested in there i can see you you know your interest is fading in and out just gotta get that blood pressure up baby uh, no, I, was, I was just more interested in siva's opinion on django mostly um oh no do you guys think like this was his most gory film probably right like that that man yeah. you, think it, you think it was more gory blood. than kill bill if Kill Bill One had been not black and white during the crazy '88 scene, it would have been more gory. But I think this one, the fact that it, the mansion scene in Candyland makes it a little bit more gory. Yeah, yeah. I, I, this is definitely a, yeah. I guess the goriest because it's it's kind of throughout the movie, right? It's not just at yeah. the end and stuff. Um, but I don't know. It's a good, really interesting story and. There's not a lot of movies made, you know, back in that time period that are yeah. like this, you know. So I think for that, it's kind of it's good soundtrack too. All of oh, these yeah. have like really good soundtracks. I think that's so, like the one thing that he like spends a lot of time thinking about it, and it pays off. It really does. It enhances a lot of scenes. I think. So he said, like, whenever he's go ahead, oh, fuck like making me. a screenplay or a movie, he'll just sit down. He has like a wall. He has like a wall of just like records and he'll just like pull one out and just listen to a bunch of songs and then be like, this is the one and then write the story on top of that. Like that's kind of how he goes about his process. Wait, so that's really? Yeah. So once upon a time in Hollywood, he was when he got like the award for like best screenplay or whatever. Um, he was like, yeah, I just sat there. I have this wall. Like I just played a bunch of songs from the seventies and I like this one. And that's kind of, I built a scene around it. Then it, 
kind of turns into a movie and then I got a script here that I try to sell. All right, well, let's go ahead and rank Django and then we'll talk about that movie. That'll be our last one. Uh, Sibyl, where do you got it? Uh, four for me. Okay. I like it a lot. And Mr. Stairs. I got, uh, I got Django at six. So sorry if that I had a little outburst there. I definitely, <laughs> I definitely thought that I got booted out of the meeting because of my Wi-Fi again. So I was a little salty. Okay, I just figured you're angry at some no. divulging facts over here. No, no, no. no. I, I have, I have a quick aside question about uh, you know Tarantino's movies as a whole. Um, so the Kill Bill aside, I thought Kill Bill was set at about the time that the movie came out what like it, I, it seems like he does lots of historical events so like yep slavery he, um nazi yeah, occupation he, you know, just, uh, just and then we'll get into it but the charlie manson murders yeah yeah exactly so yeah. like how do you think that affects your perception of his movies do you think that he's just really good at that or I think he's good at picking like really good uh, historical figures and or historical events and then just putting like a twist on the story to make it like, you know, movie uh, entertainment. Um, because if, if you were to put forward like the actual murders of the Charlie Manson, like Jesus, dude, that'd be oh, yeah. pretty brutal. <laughs> so, you know, just, just adding the twist where it doesn't turn out how it actually did. I think, I mean, when I, we'll just go ahead and turn to that movie. Uh, that movie is like once they like what is that movie joey once upon a time in hollywood once once like i mean you figure out that it's about those murders because to me it took like an hour and a half into the movie to figure out that it was about those murders and then i was like oh my gosh like i really hope he like throws a you know his like twist that he normally does on this because yeah i was not looking forward to watching like it actually portray out because that would have been really brutal but um no, just watching like the last 30 minutes of that was fucking phenomenal. I was like literally like cheering on freaking Brad Pitt and Leo, just absolutely barbecuing that girl in the freaking pool with the flamethrower, <laughs> man. That was amazing. Um, but another one, another definitely another movie where it's like really, really long and drawn out. Uh, I mean, there's just like so many scenes in there that are just, it just all adds up and it's so long. The Bruce Lee scene's amazing though, too. And he freaking kicks him in that door. I laugh my ass off. <laughs> yes. The Bruce Lee scene fucks <laughs> so hard. Oh my God. I did it like we were watching it and I paused it. And on Amazon, it ha like has the banner underneath it of like who each actor is excuse me wow um and whenever i saw that was bruce lee i like peed myself because i didn't realize that that's who it was supposed to be um <laughs> and they kind of they kind of took a shot at him in that scene frankly just kind of saying hey you're basically soft um that uh that a stunt double could be out here showing your ass up um, <laughs> well and also Margot Robbie in that movie I would um, I could probably count the number of fingers <laughs> that I would give yeah, how many toes how many oh, toes dude, would you lose at, 
<laughs> a lot of toes. Several. I, I'd um, probably have to research how many I could give to still walk, and it'd probably be that many. <laughs> if it, you know, if it wasn't Tarantino, who probably just doesn't give a fuck and just bars no expense, just doesn't care. Like I don't know why they really um, gave her the role, just because like she just doesn't really talk that much in the movie, and uh, she just watches like what she portrays herself as in the movie theater. So I don't know for someone that's like, so versatile, uh, seemed like it was kind of weird that they chose her, but the fact that it was a Tarantino film was like, yeah, I get it. I guess he just wanted to work with her and then needed someone who kind of looked like Sharon Tate. So she was didn't she, close. didn't she win awards for that? Or was she, I know that the movie won awards. Um, I didn't know if it was nominated for best screenplay and best movie at the Oscars, and then yep, Brad yep. Pitt won multiple uh, best supporting movie. actor, I think, for or male supporting actor. Yeah, uh, that's his like first real Oscar. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was kind of isn't that that's kind of crazy, and that'll be another list we do is rank the Brad Pitt movies because there's a lot of good ones. Um, but uh, that that yeah, I remember he was amazing. Saying that yeah, he was he was really good. And to be honest, like, I don't know why he was really supporting in that movie. To me, it seemed like he was, he did a better performance than Leo did. Um, yeah, thought, right. Maybe just because he's the stunt double, kind of supporting. Yeah, he's the, but the underdog, I guess, kind of. They in both the movie. got paid the same amount for the movie. They both got $10 million each. So they're both Good for them. guys, right? So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Ooh, I just, I just found a chart of, um, all of like the actors that he works with frequently in like a checkbox of which movies they're in interestingly enough oh samuel I, jackson is the it's movie. a lot right yeah it's samuel like, jackson is in one two three four five, jackie six, brown six one he's in he's in jackie brown too um all of them but kill bill two and He's not. He's not in Kill Bill One. Yeah, I don't think he's, he's in. in he's in Kill Bill Two. Oh, that's right. Player. I thought that's that was right. Kill Bill One. Yeah, I, yeah. I just remember it was a piano player. Okay. In Death Proof and Reservoir Dogs and Once Upon a Time. Oh, Death Proof. That's one I have to see still. I think. Yeah. So, so why do you guys think that he kind of uh, acts like? Like, why does he omit some of these movies from his, like, official list? Like, on The Hateful Eight, you know, it's, like, at the very beginning, it says the eighth movie by Quentin Tarantino, whenever it's clearly not. Yeah, I don't know. That's interesting, right? Death Proof, like, you never really hear of it unless you look it up. Like, have you ever heard of it? No. Yeah, right? I mean, Glorious Bastards, you've heard of it, even if you haven't seen it. Like, I guess it's maybe because it's, like, a small indie thing that you know it just wasn't like a yeah so i just market. pulled i just pulled it up and interestingly enough the <clears throat> excuse me the youtube wikipedia like little cover art i guess if you will is a poster of it that says burnet road drive-in in austin texas Friday. oh yeah so that whole movie takes place in austin i think that's interesting i, I did not know that for which movie death proof death proof i was reading about it like yesterday and it's like like scene with Eli Roth in Austin Bar like it's like interesting I need to yeah, watch it doesn't that. doesn't really have the cast but 
So Stairs, I know you weren't quite able to finish uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but Siva, uh, where did you have it ranked? I got this one at number three. I, I really liked it. I really liked it. Yeah. Yeah, very good movie. Um, just that, I don't know, once I realized it was about the Charlie Manson murders, like, I was just, like, in, like, up at the front of my seat, like, just waiting till they I got I started to that. sweating once it started yeah. getting near the end. Because yeah, me too. the whole buildup is real, right? They do actually go to the restaurant and everything. Yeah, and I was yeah. Like, well, so, did, so did you know that the story behind them, roughly, like, of the Charlie Manson murder? Okay, because, like, I, I did too. I read Yeah, I did, t- I did too. And, like, I, like when, as they were going into it, everything, I was like, oh, man, this is not good. I can't watch my boys get cut down. Like yeah, that. I can't right. watch Brad, Brad and 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 uh, and Leo get cut that, down like that. Well, I didn't want to see Margo just. She's like, oh, what an angel. Yeah, yeah, me either. So. <laughs> She's gonna get murked. <laughs> All right, stairs. Well, um, anything else before we get out of here? I think we wrapped up all the movies. Gave them all a good um, homage. I liked I liked yeah. uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood enough to already put it at number four. So okay, that's good. I love Brad Pitt's character. Yeah, he's good. <laughs> Cliff Booth. <laughs> Cliff Booth. <laughs> and, you know, oh uh, that that um that character reminded me of Drew's uh uh what was his name Tex Tex Bandana Tex, Tex Bandana. <laughs> <laughs> His alias. Oh, his alias, yeah. Wait, what are, what are you, Joey? <laughs> Sandpaper Jones. Oh, yeah, Sandpaper Jones. <laughs> you got to be uh, like Sandpaper Sanchez if we're going <laughs> to do that shit. Survey? Survey. <laughs> All right, well, I think we're going to go ahead and put a bow on this. So, um, yeah, yeah, if you guys like right. these shows, uh, just keep giving us likes and follows and uh, subscribe. And uh, we'll probably come back out with uh, the uh, Leonardo DiCaprio movies ranked. Um, Going to be ranking a whole bunch of movies in a time like this. So Yeah. <laughs> Buckle up, Buttercup. Uh, all right. <laughs> well, for Siva and for Eric, uh, have a good day, folks. being super slow step your wi-fi oh Oh, fuck oh look at this guy this guy's juicy as hell jesus he's got the same shorts as patrick star in that third oh he does bachelor chow trying to get some of that barbados barbados slim I'm not flexing that. They do that by themselves. <laughs> oh, here, click on that GIF, please. I want Which one? This so one? Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. The one down there at the bottom. Which next? Oh. Wait, which one? Uh, scroll down. The limbo guy, the real life limbo guy, right there on the left. Oh, <laughs> oh shit. Oh, shit. The real life. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.
Simba's got Domino's. Oh, no fucking way. Shut the fuck up. He has to be, like, on the ground, right? No like, there's doubt. no way. Oh, my God. If he's not using his hands, still much better than I can do. Yeah, that's true. I mean, even if he was on the ground and just yeah. scooting oh, along. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Why is he wearing pirate pants? <laughs> this would end Derrick Rose's life for sure. <laughs> <laughs> See, this would be good content for us too. Just, just Siva searches the internet and me and 